you're listening to the Jisco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Rag Bright. So this is the podcast where we talk about bikes just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation. Uh, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Maybe even a muddy smile. It's Jingle Cross Week. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. People are getting excited because uh, Jingle Cross happened in Iowa City, one of our sponsors. I think sure. Iowa City is sponsoring it. Um, I uh, I knew things were, were coming when I went to work on Monday, and there was a Cannondale van uh, and trailer parked outside the Marriott. Nice. Um, so Team Cannondale has arrived. I'm sure uh, Walt Venert is somewhere around the roads of Iowa City going fast, much faster than I can. <laughs> Trying to get acclimated to the weather of, <laughs> of Iowa City? He's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, everybody. Well, they, I mean, they raced in Wisconsin. Trek Cup sounded like it was a great event. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like they get some some outstanding weather for that. Uh, the women's race, I, I think, was the most exciting uh, out of that group, uh, at least from what I've heard. And uh, now it's come to the fireworks of Jingle Cross, which is special for everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. So even though that, that event happened over in Wisconsin, I believe, right. if I'm not mistaken, UCI recognized Iowa City as the best event in the world. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they had given us an award this, the this world. last year. Yeah. Doesn't get bigger than that, does it? No. Like no. maybe in the Marvel Universe, but, <laughs> but the world is still as big as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think at least everybody that I've talked to regards Iowa City as having the features of a cycle cross course plus that Mount Crumpet Hill uh, that just makes it a memorable course uh, for everybody to be on. Um, It's a lot of fun. It's a great engaged crowd. Uh, And they do things, I don't know if you noticed this, but instead of having podium girls like they have at at, uh, other pro races, they have kids from the Children's Hospital present the awards. And uh, most uh, most of these races are for profit uh, that goes into somebody's bank account. Um, This one is a nonprofit, and the Stead Children's Hospital at the University of Iowa receives the funds. Uh, So it's a different event that's just different than all the other events out there. And they've been doing that for for many many years, oh, yeah, if since I recall. The start. Yeah. And so I know uh, Dr. John Meehan uh, was mm-hmm. kind of the driving force behind getting Jingle Cross mm-hmm. up and running. Adamant about making sure that we're making a difference with with these events. And for those of you that aren't from this area that might have heard the, the, the Children's Hospital during Saturdays is a football game. Oh sure, that's the hospital where the fans in the stadium turn around and wave mm-hmm. to the children up there. So same hospital, you know, it's been going on for a long time. They just built that monstrosity yeah. a few years ago, but this this is the charity that they're they're helping. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, I heard one of the announcers say this is the best thing happening in college football today. Yeah, and so that Children's Hospital is really famous and and. Uh, Really has that reputation, and, and so deserved. I mean, they do some great work up there. I know one of my teammates, Jeremy, his daughter has had surgery up there, uh, had some heart surgery done. Uh, she actually got to go up for the wave and uh, actually scheduled her sur- surgery around a football game hmm. uh, so they could do that. And, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's a it's just a renowned place and, and some great people, you know, and that's where John Meehan came from. And, and uh, John has always said, um, the University of Iowa showed me the world, and now I get to bring the world 
back to the University of Iowa. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And if, if you don't know John, John's traveled far away over mm-hmm. to the Seattle area, comes back on his own dime mm-hmm. each and every year to put on this event and lives, breathes it, um, right. and does a great job. And it's not just John. I mean, the entire uh, Jingle Cross committee that is working on this event, they've probably been working on this event for oh, months yeah. just to get that course looking spectacular, you know, building flyovers, you know, making sure that it is a challenging course, of mm-hmm. uh, looks great on TV because the world is watching mm-hmm. and you know they've got the reputation as the best cyclocross event in the world so they've got to uphold that reputation right yeah so uh and you know we'll give a nod to, to josh Schomberger and his group mm-hmm. they uh i i think when josh gets behind one of the activities if it's wrestling or cycling or football he he's all in a hundred percent you know just just like a wrestler mentality he is he is all about you know making sure that it's spectacular and i've worked with josh for for a number of rag brides we've worked with him on grand gable and, and jingle cross and, uh-huh. and other events um the dedication that that staff has to making sure that the events go off without a hitch is second to none yeah and that's probably the difference of why that's the best event in the world yeah exactly you know Josh, Josh and his team have brought a level of organization to that that's just amazing. Um, we go to the the, the minute, meetings and minutes and things like that that we get. Um, it's just just uh, second to none the work his team does, and it, it really doesn't matter who's on his staff because uh, his staff rotates from time to time. Uh, they all do great work. They all uh, and that's leadership. That's that's Josh being a leader and saying, hey, we're gonna. We're gonna make sure we have minutes and we have agendas, and and we're gonna make this thing work. And sponsors, and that's what Josh does, and that's what Josh does well. Yeah. And and a big pat on the back to him for for making things like Jingle Cross happen. So the event starts up Thursday, which mm-hmm. is today is the day we're recording this podcast. Starts up with a kind of a light schedule. What goes all the way through Sunday, mm-hmm. but the big day you want to circle on the calendar is Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Lots of fun uh, races throughout the day, but I think about 2.30 is when the women's championship kicks off and then followed by the men's championship, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And those are the events of of the best in the world. Right. Is that accurate? Ex- totally accurate. I mean, this is this is where athletes like Wout Van Ert come in and... Uh, and tear up the field, and and there's there's more. I don't know. I was just listening to the Slow Ride podcast, and those guys know everybody with within the cyclocross world. In fact, they have fantasy leagues with cyclocross. <laughs> um, I'm not there. I'm not that versed in that. Um, but you know, this is this is where you're going to see those names and faces, and you're going to be able to walk up and talk to that athlete if they speak your language. Uh, maybe not. You can see them warm up. They're going to be at the team tents. Um, they're going to be going all over the facility. Um, so you're, you're right there in the front row view of this. And you kind of get a glimpse when you actually go to the event and you actually walk up Mount Crumpet (laughs) and you're looking for the oxygen by the end of walking up this thing. Right. And then these athletes come by and they ride it several times. Yeah. And, like they're like they're not even breathing well they're breathing hard yeah. but 
you get a sense like this is not your little you know Saturday ride in the park here. This no, no. this is a challenging course, yeah. and you know it's not just for those elites. There's other people that'll get the opportunity right. to ride that course. Now I'm going to guess most of the people that aren't the elite, they're not climbing that Mount Crumpet. No, they're on, walking up it. Yeah. They're walking it. Yeah. And but there are some people that will fly up it, oh, yeah. and um, you know they get a big old smile when they get to the top because that is, that's ex- expounding a little bit of energy to get up yeah. to the top of that. Yeah, I, I remember the first time we were on Mount Crumpet watching that, and the Wells boys came, and they're just awesome. And uh, one of the Wells came over and and uh, went sprinting up the hill on his bike. Everybody else had had walked up it or run up it, and it was just astounding to see people you know, mountain goat their way up on a bike. <laughs> um, so they they threw a log at the bottom, figuring, well, this will make them get off their bike and go, no, 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 bunny hop the log and then rode up the hill. Yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens yeah, this year. Yeah, incredible. And I remember just a couple of years back, it was a muddy course, mm-hmm. and it was uh, kind of cold and dreary and nasty and whatever. And there were still people that were attempting to ride. I don't know if they made it up yeah. there, but that was, I mean, it was like basically, you know, I don't know, 45 degree hill or better. Yeah. And, and here we are with a mud bog, yeah. which is really not good for your, your tires, derailleurs, any, anything like that. They got pit bikes. They're fine. So yeah. Yeah, that's the cool part about cyclocross, unless it's dry. Um, you have a pit, so you always bring a second bike or more. Um, and so you do a lap if it's muddy. Uh, you hand the bike off to your mechanic, and he'll wash it off and get it ready for you to come exchange in the next lap. So you get a fresh bike, everyone, but that doesn't always work. I mean, that particular year, you could see derailers exploding. <laughs> right in front of you on the course, you'd hear it happen, and that bike was done, and they're running to the pit to try to get their other bike. Yeah. Yeah. Tough time. So I'm, I'm guessing Shimano and Shram made a few dollars that day. You know, the bike shops in, in Iowa City, you know, people were knocking on their door saying, hey, do you have a derailleur hanger for this? <laughs> I mean, yeah. derailleur hangers are a big deal. They're kind of uh, kind of unique to, to certain brands and certain bikes. Oh, cool. Well, you really don't need to know anything about the sport whatsoever. Yeah. Just just go out there. Check it out. Uh, I've never ridden a cross event, <laughs> uh, but I've enjoyed each and every time I've gone out to Jingle Cross or yeah. – since it's been the UCI World World Championships. So if you're not doing anything this weekend, the 28th, 29th, 30th, I believe, this weekend over in Iowa City. It's over at the fairgrounds. Yeah. So uh, I think it's just a few bucks to get in, if I'm not mistaken. Zero. It's Zero. free this year. Free well, this year. Well, geez. And there's free valet bike parking. So if you want to come in, park your bike, come to the event, no problem. Just bike down there. So free, great cycling. Yeah. Entertainment by the Pork Tees, I hear? The Pork Tornadoes are going to be there. So we got the men with the beards. Yeah. They're going to be uh, singing. Uh, uh, I think there's a wine walk, if you're into wine. Mm. Um, I think craft beer's there of some sort. Uh, Deschutes is usually there as a sponsor. So there's plenty of stuff going on. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to be there. Mark, okay. you're going to be there. You're going to be, be there working? the whole time. Murph is setting up the bike valet parking, I think, today. Okay. Um, and uh, we should be ready to go uh, when Friday rolls around. In fact, we just got our schedules and our, our volunteers are ready to go. So uh, come out and enjoy Jingle Cross. Cool. Well, I know Murph did an interview with some friends over in Cedar Rapids, so that's going to be our, our interview for today. I don't know. Anything else going on, Mark, that you just want to 
touch on as we're we're sitting here actually in Des Moines. It's a rarity that Mark yeah. and I sit across from each other. We see each other probably more out of state than in state <laughs> at different functions. But um, just happen to have have a little spot in our schedule that we can kind of sit down and, and pound out a, a podcast. So anything going on in the world, Mark? I know you got the trail conference coming up in the next couple of weeks yeah we got the uh the uh iowa trail summit coming up uh just in a in a couple weeks i'm teaching my bike class for the university of iowa in two weeks um yeah there's uh, october's fun Uh, come to our website check out our calendar and see what's going on because there's a lot of fun stuff happening still lots of people out out riding um it's been kind of a weird fall oh yeah the leaves haven't really come down yet which Mm -hmm. makes it you know the trails and roads are a lot safer Mm -hmm. but you know what's kind of interesting, and I don't know if you notice this, the the position of the sun mm. at about 6 o'clock is brutal. Yeah. So if you're out there driving a car, riding a bike, be careful. Because the the angle, I, I don't know if it's just an unusual, I don't know, I, I might have to ask, who's that guy, Neil deGrasse Tyson? He'd probably he'd probably <laughs> understand this thing. Jason Parkin. Jason, Jason Parkin Jason, will know for us. Yeah, if Jason, you're, if you're listening, let, let us know what the heck's going on. But it seems like the sun at a certain time is absolutely blinding this yeah. year. And may, I don't know, maybe I'm getting old, I don't, I don't know, but... Be careful. If you're out there driving, you know, sunglasses, the visor, all that, you know, be be careful. Slow down if you can't see. You know, there's people out there riding bikes. There's kids walking to school. So slow down yeah. and, you know, eventually you'll get there. And if you're riding for recreation, plan your route accordingly. If you're coming in roads, come back to the east towards the end of the ride if you're going to finish at that time. So, yeah, yeah plan accordingly. No one wants to hear, I didn't see him. I didn't see yeah. her. And uh, we, we, we don't want to have any more of those accidents. So, okay. Well, we got a great interview from Murph, a.k.a. Murph, on some cycling going on over in Cedar Rapids, her hometown. So let's get to the interview. Just Go Bike Podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here, and today I'm on location at a hot spot for cyclists in my hometown of Cedar Rapids. We are live here at Dry Creek Brew in Robbins, Iowa, and I'm sure you can hear a lot of background noise. It's other cyclists enjoying this fall evening. Um, so I'm here with a popular social bike group that meets and rides weekly, and actually there are a couple different groups that ended up at the same place tonight. Um, I'm going to ask a few cyclists. I, I brought them over into a corner that we thought would be quiet, but it's maybe it'll be quiet. What do you think? A little bit quiet. Maybe, yeah. So... Um, I'm going to find out why they ride and where they ride. And hopefully it's interesting. They've got a little tidbit or a story that our listeners will enjoy hearing. So first up, we've got, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. Doug Holub. And Doug, where are you from or where do you live? Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And are you from Cedar Rapids? Born and raised, probably going to be here for a while. Oh, so on a side note, where'd you go to high school? Uh, Regis High School before before I became a middle school. All right. I went to Linmar, so we were kind of rivals. Yeah. And how about you? Chris Zubak, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. You're actually from Cedar Rapids? Originally from Parkersburg, Iowa. Oh, okay. Side note, I did my student teaching in Parkersburg. You, maybe you were one of my students. We'll talk about that after the podcast, right? <laughs> um, 
And I do, you know, we have uh, great sponsors here at Just Go Bike Podcast, but I wanted to tell you my little segment, um, Morphology, is sponsored tonight by Downtown Dachshund, which is a really cute little shop in Ely, Iowa. And the reason it's sponsored is because he said he would buy me a beer if I said that. So I don't know if he's somewhere close. He'll listen to this episode and be like, oh, that's right. I owe her a beer. Yeah, he's sitting outside, isn't he? All right, guys. Well, let's talk about um, biking in general. So we'll start with Chris. What's a destination ride that you've enjoyed? Like, tell us uh, where you went, what you liked about it. For me personally, I really enjoyed this last summer. I went to Madison, spent a few days there, rode around New Glarus, Madison, back through Decorah, and before I came back home to face reality. Um. There is a Grumpy Troll Brewery. I can't remember what town. Mount Horeb. Did you hit that? Yes, I did hit that brewery. New Glarus as well. So a couple breweries. And um, I believe, uh, I'm talking off the top of my head, but the Military State Trail um, is the one of the major bike routes that goes through the uh, Wisconsin area. Were you on that at all, or were you on roads, or what was the terrain? I was primarily seeking out gravel. As much gravel as I could find. I was just literally driving to where I would see a miles and miles of gravel. I'd go ride it, come back to my car, and then go to the next spot and just keep going. I did, I don't know, three, 400 miles that weekend. Wow. And I would say, so I did a bike ride in, uh, started in Madison several years ago. It was a sponsored ride. And all of the roads that I would think of as gravel were blacktopped and I said this on an earlier podcast. I don't know if it's because of the milk trucks. That's what I heard it was from. So how did you even find gravel? Southwest Wisconsin, near the river. As close to the Mississippi as you can get. There, And it's elevation. It's terrible elevation. It was miserable. It was <laughs> painful. I was by myself, and it was not fun. So most listeners will hear you say miserable, and then they probably are like, yeah, that's what I want. Please go try it. It's It's a joy. So maybe you know the answer to this question, maybe you don't, but um, I've done several podcasts with people who now do gravel as their main uh, mode of bicycling transportation. So what is it about gravel? Um, You're not sharing the trail with a ton of other people. You can kind of be out on your own. It gets a little sketchy this time of year with deer and the crops and all that stuff. Uh, I try to do it weekly. Uh, Goldfinch does the ride every Thursday. And what's Goldfinch? Goldfinch Cycle in Cedar Rapids. They put on every Thursday gravel ride, and it varies from single track to gravel to limestone trails, whatever it might be. And do you have to have a special bike for gravel? Well, we'll talk about bikes later, but do you have to have a special bike? I know I don't have one. It doesn't have to be special. A road bike isn't ideal just because of the skinny tires, but other than that, aside from that, you can any bike can ride gravel. That's the beauty of it. So the beauty for me was not having the right air, um, like enough air in my tires. So when I was on gravel, the rocks were shooting out everywhere. I was panicking the whole time. So I have not learned the art of gravel. But I will tell you, everybody that I talk to that says try gravel, they are gravel all the time. Correct. I grew up on gravel roads driving gravel roads i've been on gravel roads most of my life and i i really i'm comfortable on it and it's been a real treat riding with people with a similar interest 
and all of us that are part of the Just Go Bike podcast live in Iowa. I mean, we're Midwesterners, and like you said, in Wisconsin, you found lots of gravel. So you're right. Once I make the plunge to gravel, then I won't look back. Nobody will ever know where I am, right? Exactly. Maybe that was your plan that weekend. That is the plan, to get away from everybody. Well, Doug, how about a, a destin- destination ride that you've enjoyed? You know, I'll tell you, Murph, uh, really the only destination rides that I've done are Ragbri every year. I've done the last two years, uh, and I've really enjoyed both courses. Um, the two things, rather, rather the one thing that I really like is seeing what each individual town brings to the route and uh, seeing the warm uh, welcome that we always receive and you know, having the line of kids just yeah, with their hands out, you know, uh, wanting to be part of the action it's it's so much fun every year there's nothing better than coming into a small town on ragbri and there's some person whether it's an elderly lady or a little kid with a sign that says where you're from <laughs> and you you know you kind of like giggle about it like oh really but then when you hear all the people around you like very few people are from iowa it's it's a great and you can't you can't beat ragbri no not at all and I'll, I'll tell you you know those are actually some of the best conversations that you can have when you are uh, on a long ride with that is uh asking a random person you know where you're from and then hearing them open up to you about whatever it could be something going on in their life or something that uh they're excited about to be on the ride it's it's great yeah the bike culture is amazing i think we can all agree with that especially i mean if you're listening to this podcast you you have a love of cycling, so true, true. Um, so I've been on plenty of destination rides, but just like I wanted to give a shout out to Des Moines, Iowa in general, because their ride, uh, the quality of the trails and the volume of the trails they have is just amazing. Like, it's really fun to get on your bike somewhere down there and get lost because they have great wayfinding. They can get you where you want to go, and there's breweries like every couple miles, so... I, that's just a recent place that I've been. Um, you know, of course, I talked about Root River on a previous podcast and had a blast there. But sometimes it's more about who you're with than where you are. Where, you know, for you, you were solo cycling, Chris. And um, I love doing that. I mean, love doing that. But then also the social side. Like tonight, you know, we're on a social ride. Um, I don't know how many miles we'll get in tonight. Let's say 200. Or actually, it'll be probably like. 20. But the social side is, you know, that's why we're here. So, um, okay, Doug, what would you say is your riding style? And what I mean by that, um, what bicycle, what style bicycles do you spend most of your time on? Yeah. So most of the time I spend, uh, spend a lot of my time on a road bike. Uh, most of the time I, I ride just asphalt or, uh, paved trails. Uh, recently though, I've picked up a tour bike and, uh, I have started, uh, actually, last week, I uh, spent my first hours on a single track trail. Uh, and I'll tell you, that is a exceptionally different challenge than just watching for the person in front of you. Definitely. There's all kinds of obstacles to think about when you're doing that. Yeah, you know, uh, you can be flat one second and, and good going 10 miles an hour. And right around the next corner, you could have a pile of logs to go over. It's a very different challenge. And I think... I've seen you. You also have a fat bike, don't you? Yeah, that's the bike that I've been riding on the single track trail, um, recently getting dirty, I'll say. Uh, and uh, if you've never, if you're a person who likes to keep your bike clean, I don't recommend single track trails. 
Going to spend a lot of time cleaning up, but uh, absolutely, uh, single or excuse me, uh, fat bike is probably the easiest ride uh, that you could be on. I do have a fat bike as well, and I spend most of my time on that bike smiling because it just I don't have a speedometer, I don't clip in, I just am on my bike. I feel like I'm ten again. If I see a curb, I'm like, well, okay, it's a curb. I'm doing it. So I have a blast on it. Um, so, Chris, what do you, would you describe as your riding style? Uh, 99% of the time I'm on my touring bike, um, but I will ride that through gravel, sometimes single track if I have to, um, limestone, and obviously paved trails, road. It's my rag ride bike. That's what I ride over well over 1,000 miles a year. Easy. I have a touring bike as well, and... Most of the time, I will tell you that's my favorite bike until I start riding. Like like right now, tonight, I have my road bike, which is still a steel frame. It's, you know, it's still a heavy bike, but I will tell you that that's my favorite until then I get on my fat bike, and then I'm like, ah, that's my favorite too. So I, I don't know. Is it people with kids, is that what they do too? Like each one of, is their favorite, even though there's really a favorite? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, my daughter has uh, recently wanted to pick up cycling. She's 10, and she's had trouble with balance, but she's got it in her head that that big tire is going to be so much easier for her to balance, and so she's begging me to pick her up a fat Then you'll be on your bike all the time, Doug. <laughs> um, so, Chris, what would you say, what is it about biking that you like? Like, why do you continue to bike? Biking for me... And this also kind of applies to motorcycles as well. But biking two wheels to me is therapy. I forget about things. I sometimes don't listen to music. I don't have speedometers. I don't have odometers. I don't care. It's just me getting away and kind of forgetting about the day-to-day grind. And you're focusing on something else. And it's just it's so stress-relieving. And it's a nice, easy way to see scenery, see the countryside. You know, I... I can't get enough of it. I do it all the time. I completely agree. There's nothing more peaceful than jumping on your bike after work. Um, not, you know, depending on, it doesn't matter what your work day was like, but to get on your bike and, um, you know, we, well, we live in Cedar Rapids and there's a nice route, uh, route to Ely, Iowa, which is all trail, 100% trail for me at least. And you can just, you know, I don't usually typically have music on. I just get on my bike and by the time you're done... A, you've exercised. B, you feel totally at peace. And then you can get back to the hustle and bustle of life. You can take the long way home. Ooh, deep. (laughs) How about you, Doug? Yeah, You know, uh, for me, what I really enjoy about biking is that, uh, number one, it's it's a super easy sport to pick up or a hobby to pick up, I'll say. And uh, it's, it's low impact, very easy to stay healthy. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, I was a very large person weighing in about 400 pounds. And uh, over the course of the last two, two and a half years, uh, really spent a lot of time on my bike. And uh, that in conjunction with some other things, I've lost just a little bit over 200 pounds. And uh, I'll tell you, when I started this two and a half years ago or so, uh, struggling to go the first couple of miles. I had a great group of friends that um, were there, you know, encouraging me the whole time. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, the friends that I made along that journey and along the way are really what it's about. Yeah, it, I do it because I want to stay healthy. 
but the, the, in, the entire other social side of cycling is really what keeps you there. Hats off to you, man. That is like, that's quite an accomplishment. I like, I'm going to give you a high five. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, you know, uh, anybody can do it. You just have to start. Agreed. Did you have anything you were to say? No, I thought Chris was going to say something. So, um, okay, uh, any local road routes or rides that you frequently do that maybe we haven't touched on yet? For me personally, uh, Sac and Fox Trail in Cedar Rapids. And pretty sure um, Sac and Fox is an unpaved, is that... Is it a single, or maybe d- describe the per- terrain. Sac and Fox is a limestone trail, and there is some single track shoot-offs off of it. And it, I don't I can't remember how many miles it is. It's got to be a good six, seven miles. And then at the end of that, you can hop on some other private power line trails that take you into Cedar Rapids, and it's a blast of a ride. It's a lot of fun. I don't get on my bike too much for, on Sac and Fox, but I will tell you in the wintertime, I do a lot of snowshoeing on that same path. So it's, and it's a lot of nice uh, nature. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Right now it's underwater, but it's beautiful. Yeah, this, yeah, the, at the time of this taping, there's a lot of trails underwater, at least in Cedar Rapids and most of the, uh, this area. So how about you, Doug? You know, I spend a lot of time uh, on the Cedar Valley Nature Trail, and typically I will either ride from uh, Kickstand or downtown uh, New Bohemia uh, all the way out to Center Point, or sometimes I'll do the the entire Ely to Center Point and back route. Um, it's really probably one of the most populated trails in Cedar Rapids, so it's very easy to have conversations with people, and at the same time. I'm one of those people who love my music and I have to have it while I'm cycling. So, you know, I can turn it up a little bit and cause some noise pollution. So, Awesome. And I will tell you about when we were riding tonight, um, I'm sure a lot of listeners know this, but you can get speaker systems that will connect to other speakers. So we had a group of maybe 20 riders and Doug had his music on, but then he synced with several other music systems. So we had music the whole way. So... Whether or not you like that, it was a great, great time. But you mentioned the Cedar Valley Nature Trail, and um, I've recently found my love for that trail again. And we've gone a couple times all the way up to Urbana. So from Cedar Rapids to Urbana, um, you definitely lose out on the pavement, and there's some obstacles. There's a bridge out that you have to take a detour on the uh, roads. But um, the hospitality of those small towns is just amazing. Um, the let's see a restaurant bar in urbana is called the ozone and they have so much respect for cyclists they they love to have people come here so um which segues to a bike ride that i'm working on if anybody i don't know if you two know about it i think you do but um coming up october 13th and 14th we're doing a fundraiser for um paving of the nature trail um if you look at the nature trail from cedar rapids to waterloo it's paved coming out of cedar rapids and then it turns into that limestone and there's lots of issues going on um so we're working on this side uh, one of our members at the iowa bike coalition asked us to do a fundraiser so that's what we're doing um we calculated it out it costs 57 dollars a foot to pave um, that trail. And so we're going to do a little fundraiser, uh, ride our bikes all the way to Waterloo, camp out, and then ride back the next day. So it's going to be pretty fun. Um, you can go on eventbrite.com 
and Google C, I'm sorry, just search CVNT fundraiser and you can find it. Um, and if it's a success, we want to do the same route, but the opposite way next year, because people who live in Cedar Falls and Waterloo are trying desperately to get a bridge fixed so that they can ride their bikes again. Um, and they're trying, um, to fundraise for that bridge. So, um, that's more passionate to them than getting pavement down. So we'd love to do a fundraiser next year for those kind of guys. So have you guys experienced the limestone part of that trail at all? Yeah. So I've, uh, recently taken my fab bike, uh, up that direction, Murph. And, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, when you get, uh, what is that North of center point, uh, the trail just desperately needs some work. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know how old that trail is, but it's been around probably longer than I've been biking, and it would be just, it would be so beneficial to get that back uh, functional, even if it's just um, groomed better, but... Yeah, I've ridden that trail all the way to LaPorte City before, and it's it's brutal. It's not a joke. I wouldn't want to do it on any road bike, and at the time I had a road bike. It was It was bad. So it sounds like you're saying you're badass. I mean, you're bad. No, but it was a long time ago, and I, that's all—that's the only bike I had. So I had to had to make do with what I had. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, hopefully we can get some people to do that fundraiser and uh, get some money towards uh, getting more pavement. So, um, so Doug, you kind of gave us an idea of how you got into biking. Um, at least as far as, you know, your health benefits to it. Um, Chris, do you have a story about how you got into biking? Not really. I mean, aside from, you know, biking from being a child, uh, in my 20s, I was into mountain biking when I lived south of here in Kansas City. I did that mildly, nothing extreme. Then I kind of let it go for 10 years probably. And in my mid-late 30s, I picked it back up again, and I'm 46 now, and I... I ride more than I've ever ridden in probably the last 10 years combined. Yeah, I agree. I ride more now than I definitely did in my 20s. But, like, I had a, you know, rode my bike in college because that was really the only mode of transportation. And um, when I moved to back to Cedar Rapids, I think it was to, I don't know, the early 2000s, I got to give a shout-out to Stacy Soretti. She was part of a bike group that rode the Sack and Fox to the end, which is where the poles are power lines and back and then we would go sit somewhere and eat pizza or drink beer or I don't I think they had like 25 set wings back then and so I wanted to go because she was cool so I wanted to be cool so then you know I went from my uh, old 10 speed to I had to get a mountain bike because that's what they had and then from there I just I got the fever and uh, she now has kids and has other hobbies and I'm still biking so yeah Oh, well. So thanks, Stacy's ready, if she listens. <laughs> All right, guys, I got one very important question to ask you. Favorite pie? Strawberry rhubarb, of course. Why? It's delicious. Rhubarb is the best thing ever. And is it any strawberry rhubarb, or does it have to be homemade, or what? Homemade, of course. All right, all right. How about you, Doug? You know, I got to be real honest with you. Uh, about the only time that I eat pie is when I'm on Ragbri, and I'll be honest with you, it's all about the carbs and it's all about whatever I can find. But most of the towns have multiple choices, and if I can find apple, I'm good. Nice. I think I'm a peach fan. I've I change my mind a lot, but on Ragbri, if there's you know eight choices sitting out, I'll always go for the peach. But really good, yeah. 
Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And hopefully our listeners got used to the background noise. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, listeners, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from an unknown author. I don't have a bucket list, but my bike it list is a mile long. Think about it. Okay, we've reached the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike podcast. Appreciate you tuning in each and every week. We've, we always have fun doing these. This one was in person. Uh, sometimes Mark and I kind of phone in, Skype in, what, whatever we do to, to make these podcasts possible. But appreciate you tuning in if it's on you know SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, whatever, wherever you find this podcast. We do appreciate you tuning in each and every week. And um, this podcast, uh, of course, could not be possible without some great sponsors. I know we talked about one of them already, Think Iowa City and the Iowa City Coralville Convention Visitor Bureau, which is hosting a massive event this week, the UCI uh, Cross Championships or Jingle Cross. Mm-hmm. Who else is involved in this podcast, Mark? Uh, Bikes to You, one of the best bike shops and Ragbright charters based out of Grinnell, Iowa. Uh, visit Craig and April Cooper. They do outstanding business over there. Now's a great time to get your bike tuned up. Uh, so uh, step out there and talk to them. We saw them in Reno, Nevada. So they're, they're outfitting their store for the next year, which would be great. Um, and finally, Primalware. Uh, if you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, apparel, even if you're not looking for custom, they got a great lineup anyhow. So sure. go to Primalware and check out what they got. Yep, and we saw pretty much both those players over in Reno spent some time with Primal, spent some time with the Coops as well, and they're uh, looking forward to a big 2019. So we've got some other things on the horizon. Just in a couple weeks, we're going to put out our new logo for Ragbri, so be looking for that. Probably about just before Halloween we'll get that out. That's, you know, don't need to scare you anything like that, but it's going to be a spectacular, not a spooktacular, a spectacular logo. So any words of wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with today, Mark? Yeah, I'm going to steal one from the Slow Ride podcast because I thought they did a good job on Slow their clothes. Slow Ride. Yeah. Um, hey, it's part of the bicyclist code. If you see a cyclist, you got to wave, right? Absolutely. It's just part of it. So wave at the cyclists out there. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.